Welcome back to The Ron Show for Friday, November 18th, 2022. I'm your host, Ron Roberts. Thanks for listening on the America One Radio app and at AmericaOneRadio.com. I'm on with Jackson Hurley, who is joining us from London. So it's like really super, is it super late there or is it just kind of late there? Uh, it's it's not super late yet. It's only six o'clock, but it is super dark. That is okay. the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's uh, dinner time. So I thank you for putting that off for just a few minutes to, uh, to talk oh. about your organization, Voters for Tomorrow. And the entire reason that Voters for Tomorrow even crossed my radar, I was uh, scanning through Twitter while it's still up and saw that uh, Santiago <laughs> Mayor had uh, mentioned that the organization is sending resources into the state. Talk to us a little bit, Jackson, about what Voters to- for Tomorrow is and how you guys aim to aid the Warnock uh, Senate runoff. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so uh, we are an organization. We are the really the nation's only Gen Z-led uh, organization that is solely focused on educating uh, and empowering our generation at the ballot box in support of pro-democracy candidates um, and candidates who will stand up for you know the future of young Americans and and also just the the future of our democracy as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, this past cycle, uh, th- this was really um, our our first election cycle where we uh, had the opportunity to put our resources on the ground, um, whether that is. Uh, in one of our uh, over 20 chapters uh, across the country, including one in Georgia, um, or whether that's plugging in out-of-state capacity. Um, we had we had fi- uh, volunteers from all 50 states, including D.C., um, throughout this voter cycle, or th- this past uh, midterm cycle. Um, and, you know, we we are, we are focused on the, the, the midterms as a whole and, and doing what we can to deliver for the pro-democracy coalition. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly this race in Georgia is, is a part of that. Um, we were uh, involved in Georgia uh, throughout the uh, general election, um, working to, to turn out young voters in support of Senator Warnock um, and uh, against Herschel Walker, who um, time and time again, uh, shows that he is not a candidate that represents um, the future that our generation uh, envisions. Um, and so uh, moving forward over the next really just a couple of weeks at this point, um, we're pu- putting um, all of our focus, all of our effort into this Georgia runoff and, and making sure that we see young people turn out across the board. I liken this a little bit to like a natural disaster when all the utility trucks from other <laughs> nearby states start flooding in is that is that what you guys are sort of trying to pull off here basically um maybe instead of a, a natural disaster though more of a, an opportunity to to see even more gains um than, than we saw in this cycle which um if, if you told anyone a year ago in, in our organization or really any political pundit that we would see this sort of uh youth turnout um in such clear support for one side of the political spectrum um, and, and at such significant high rates of turnout in important critical places, uh, we certainly would have taken that. And I don't know if many pundits would have necessarily agreed that that would have happened. So we're just doing what we can to try and, uh, you know, throw some optimism into the race. We, we know that's how young people respond. Um, and we want to make sure that they uh, know that this election is happening and, and exercise uh, their civic duty uh, to at least the same degree that they did um, a couple weeks ago uh, for Senator Warnock. So low voter turnout amongst the under 30 voter is not a new thing. It's It's been uh, one of those head-scratching issues that has plagued uh, our electorate for pretty much all of my life. Um, what is the 
what is so different now that we're seeing an uptick? And and granted, it's an uptick. It's not it's not reaching new heights that we've never seen before. We've actually seen greater numbers, you know, than we saw in the midterm. But what what is it that's draw driving the uptick that we hope will lead to comparable turnout for the under 30 voter that we're seeing in some of the upper demos? Yeah. Well, I think when talking about Generation Z specifically, which tends to cap out around 25, 26 these days, mm-hmm. um, which uh, is is right where Maxwell Frost um, from from Florida, who just got elected, fits right into. Yeah. Um, if you just look back at that time frame, at our you know sort of history, uh, there has been existential crises after crises, um, and so really, what you're seeing is simply just a response to the world in which we've grown up in. Um, the first election in which Gen Zers were able and eligible to vote was 2018 in that midterm election. Um, and, you know, obviously we, we didn't get quite nationally as high as we did to, to 2018 um, in terms of youth turnout turnout this cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we, we were within a couple of points nationally and exceeded it in, in some critical states. Um, but ever since that election, 2018, 2020, and now this past midterm, um, I like to say once is a blip on the radar, twice is a coincidence and three times is the beginning of a pattern. Um, and I think we're starting to see uh, a generation where um, every two years, uh, a few million new Gen Zers become eligible to vote. Um, and I think over the next uh, you know, decade, um, you'll, you'll start to see uh, this pattern continue, to, to say the very least. So SB 202, famously in Georgia, was labeled as a voter suppression law when it passed uh, in 2021 by uh, predominantly those on the left. And yet we saw early voting turnout that exceeded expectations. However, when the same day election day numbers were brought in and combined, we actually saw subdued turnout. We saw lower voter turnout in 2022, comparable to 2018 in the state of Georgia. And so that tells us that there's actually maybe some some teeth to that law and some effect made. Uh, what can voters for tomorrow do or what can you even uh, give us, you know, anecdotally to help drive up turnout in a smaller window for a runoff with only now one weekend day on the calendar for folks to early vote and only a total of six days, if that many to early vote before the runoff election date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I mean, any any time a legislature passes uh, a bill with with such sort of in- wide encompassing um, restrictions like that, um, it, it'd be it'd be a, sh- a shock to not see some effects to that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a shame that we're seeing those effects, um, but it's you know it's the reality in which we live. Um, and for my generation, uh, these kinds of setbacks aren't really something, you know, they are something new, but having to respond to setbacks like this and be flexible isn't something new. Um, and so for us, it's all about not making excuses and just focusing on the work that we can do. That's educating people that is using our digital platforms our chapters on the ground on college campuses, such as our over 70 member chapter uh, at Georgia Tech, um, working with uh, schools that, you know, may not necessarily get the spotlight all the time, um, you know, not not necessarily the huge big campuses, but making sure that we're, we're reaching, um, obviously, you know, you know, people can't uh, register to vote if they haven't already registered to vote, which mm-hmm. is, which is obviously, um, you know, an, an unfortunate part of, of the system that exists now. But that means we know what our target has to be. We know what numbers we have to hit. We know where the voters are uh, and how to contact them. 
And so uh, in, in this last election cycle, we made um, six point, over 6 million um, voter contact attempts across the country. Um, that was with a super scrappy team spread out all across the country. Now all of our resources are focused on Georgia. Um, and so, you know, if, if anyone out there is interested in, in helping us and joining us in our work and, and contacting young people directly um, and, and raising funds for us to uh, replicate some of our successful projects like we did in Texas earlier this cycle, which was uh, busing when, when, when the, uh, the county uh, board of elections took away the most popular polling place for Texas A&M students. We made that was on campus. We made sure to provide buses for students to off-campus polling locations. Uh, and if you look at the data for for those precincts, um, it clearly uh, our our busing effort uh, to to make sure that young voters had the opportunity to exercise their civic duty. Many of which don't have cars or um, mm-hmm. you know access to to getting off campus super easily. We made sure we provided that resource. And so we're looking at replicating things that were successful just a few weeks ago down in Georgia. Um, and we're also, uh, you know, if, if anyone's interested in helping us out with that, check us out, votersoftomorrow.org uh, on Twitter, at, uh, well, that still exists, <laughs> at Voters Tomorrow, uh, on Instagram as well. Um, we, we appreciate really anything that to, to, to help us out. Um, and, uh, you know, this is a movement we're all kind of hoping to build together. So we would love more help. We'll be uh, we'll be sure to share all those links. And I keep saying your your organization. It's voters of tomorrow, not for voters tomorrow. of well, tomorrow. You're, you're not the first. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's sort of the same thing, but it's of tomorrow, not for tomorrow. Uh, yeah. So you you mentioned colleges, uh, college students being affected. Uh, what do you guys see or hear from Georgia college students uh, with this smaller runoff window? I mean, between Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving holiday, and the Former Robert E. Lee State holiday limiting and clipping weekend voting. And uh, I know some colleges are dealing with finals. There, there just seems to be mm-hmm. a lot of impediments to the Georgia college student vote. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, yeah. I, I think that's uh, all those things you just listed are all the things that we are. Um, that, that's why we, you know, instead of doing what most people our age probably did when they were growing up, we're spending our Friday nights uh, on Zoom until 10 o'clock working with each other to find solutions to these problems. Um, yeah. It's because we know that we're the ones to be affected by them and we're the ones that can make the change on it. Um, what we're hearing from people is is twofold. I mean, there, there are some benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are going to go home uh, at, at this week for, for Thanksgiving. And uh, I can certainly bet that they are going to be having conversations about this at the dinner table. Um, not only is that a benefit for uh, for uh, you know people just having awareness of what's going on uh, mm-hmm. on December sixth, um, but we can also help young people have give them the tools to have conversations like that at the dinner table. Um, you know, how do you talk to your crazy uncle who uh, you know who maybe has uh, fallen down the queue and on rabbit hole a little bit? Um, how do you talk to your your disengaged cousin who doesn't think that they need to vote in this runoff? Um, that's something we're working on. Uh, we're trying to find the opportunities in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, having 10 weeks to organize could be a benefit. But frankly, the way we see it, um, having, you know, we know that there's enough young voters in Georgia to make sure that Senator Warnock is reelected. Um, and frankly, Knowing that we had this December 6th runoff, it just gives us a little bit more 
fire in the belly to, to, to make that happen. And, you know, fortunately we'll be able to, to rest over the new year. <laughs> I have to tell my voters last segment, I mentioned the crazy uncle and the cousin and even the quiet aunt and how you might be able to influence her oh, yeah. and the cousin, if not the crazy uncle by, you know, having that dialogue at the Thanksgiving. I promise you, I did not set Jackson up for that. We, I, <laughs> that, that you started speaking like that. I was like, Oh, we just covered that. That's so spot on. Uh, last question I want to ask you. Uh, I don't know what the data is like now. Uh, I know that when I was in college, there was, it was, it, it felt like it was 50, 50 for the college student that would re-register in the town that they're going to school in versus voting absentee back home. What is that data looking like now? Um, well, it, it's, it's such a strange place where we're at right now, because at least for Gen Z, um, I mean, a lot of us, uh, I mean, the first presidential election we could vote in was this election that was just weird um, right. with COVID. Um, and so the data, it's hard to tell decisively where young people really are in terms of, do they prefer absentee ballots or is that really just what they have done? True. Um, I think a lot of people still, you know, there, there is still a little bit of romance behind standing in line and casting your ballot and, uh, you know, doing your civic duty. And I think a lot of people um, don't, uh, obviously it's really, it, it's great to push early voting and absentee mm -hmm. voting as much as we possibly can, but especially with this runoff election, um, we really do believe a lot of this is gonna come down to election day. Um, that's one of the reasons we're actually working with organizations on campuses in Georgia to call on their administrators to make sure that their students have ample opportunity to vote. Um, because uh, especially on a Tuesday, uh, when when students maybe already took time off three weeks ago to go, mm -hmm. or not even three weeks ago, but, you know, more more like 13 days ago to go mm -hmm. vote, um, or 10 days ago, I guess, at this point, Uh they, uh, you know, are probably less likely to take that time off again, especially if it's, you know, they have a final exam to study for or even a final exam to sit uh, on December 6th. So we're working to make sure that um, people who have positions of power to make it easier for young people to vote on Election Day are going to be doing so. Um, and it, this will just be another data point to that question of whether, you know, how do, how do young people prefer to cast their ballot? Um, and I'm sure we'll take this data and make it more informed uh sort of uh, push for 2024 as well. All right. Well, we got our work cut out for us. Just about three weeks left. And I mean, I'm, I'm not even sure that some of these colleges aren't going to be out on December 6th for the students to even be around to vote, but hopefully they will have made a plan and done so. And with an organization like Voters of Tomorrow, uh, they should be a lot more informed than, than folks like me were back in uh, the 1990s. <laughs> so mm -hmm. Jackson Hurley with Voters of Tomorrow. Again, the website is... Uh, just votersoftomorrow.org and then on socials at voters tomorrow. All right. Jackson Hurley with Voters of Tomorrow. Thanks for your time. I appreciate us. Uh, appreciate you getting us informed on your efforts here in the state of Georgia and throughout the country. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was a normal day. He was in some minor accident, a fender bender. And I had this impulse to call him, but I didn't because I thought I could call him later that week. He abandoned the car, he came home, and he shot himself without ever talking to anyone. When I came home that night and I found her, they told me that she had shot herself, and I couldn't believe it. I asked if he was okay. Taking a gun into your house uh, for protection is uh, a terrible myth. Once you pull that trigger, that's it. There is no coming back. 65 Americans a day die by gun suicide. 
Store your gun securely, locked, unloaded, and away from ammunition. Help stop suicide. Learn more at InFamilyFire.org. Brought to you by Brady and the Ad Council.